Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast episode 35. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. And we're back on August 8th, the first day of August with numerical symmetry. Got you. Ah. You thought I was not going to make that joke again. I workshopped it, listener. We had one failed recording. I did the joke wrong. I is, fixed it. Isn't it like you. National Food Day or something? Because it's 8-8. Eight, eight. Every day is National Food yeah, Day. Yeah, wait a second. I eat, eat every fu- day. Eat every day. Oh, uh, well. Jesus. I'm learning something new okay. about myself and how the world works. I didn't realize that. Do you not eat every day? No, I'm like Arthur Morgan. I only eat when, like, my health is low. <laughs> it's not to like sustain often... myself it's to keep some sort of like superficial bar above a certain point you know it's it's fun actually alex hasn't eaten since the lockdown began in march because he gets in random encounters on his commute and then has to eat at home but since he's staying in his room there's no enemies i have to save really all of my resources for my horse <laughs> which is uh also a continually growing stockpile because his horse does not fit in his room That's yeah true. it's, it's Actually, pretty frustrating i have to keep him out in the hall at this, no i'm talking about like you can't go like it's on lockdown you can't go to your horse stable oh yeah your horse but my horse is in the hall <laughs> why do you that's his home <laughs> it's warm in there i gave him a blanket and a tv I'm tr- he I'm just watches to... I'm trying to workshop a Hall and Oats joke, but I can't. Yeah, wait, I don't even know how. Oh, because you put the oats in the hall for the horse. For the yeah. horse, yeah. That's brilliant. We'll workshop it. We'll get. Back we'll workshop to you. it, yeah. just like we workshopped the intro for this episode, <laughs> episode thirty-five. Yeah. That listener is halfway to seventy. When I'm thirty-five years old, you'll also be halfway to seventy. Oh. <laughs> Probably start drinking a lot, because that will be very scary. <laughs> well, hopefully by then you'll have some brand new episodes of the Emerald Games cast to listen to, like you're doing right now, to hear the news of the week. Guys, just a couple days ago, we're recording today, Saturday, August 8th, we had a state of play, which for those who don't know is Sony's uh, response to basically N- Nintendo Direct. They do a pretty similar set up uh this time it was a presentation online it was about 40 minutes long they showed several game trailers pretty pretty low it's not like e3 they don't come in and explain everything they kind of just go like point to point Mm -hmm. um we got some new stuff some new announcements some ps5 ps4 psvr what'd you guys think about what we saw it was fine yeah i liked it it was good i liked some of it some of it i didn't care about it was very a little disappointed oh Sorry, I, uh, you're good. I just want to actually, you know what? I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Janelle, the, at least the last time I talked to her, has said that every state of play has been better than every Nintendo Direct. Is that right? No, I just said as a concept, I like state of plays more than Nintendo Directs, and that in general, I think they're usually better because I like Sony more than I like Nintendo. Sure. But this is the only conference I can think of that's like equivalent to a Nintendo Direct in my brain because it was like, oh, there's some interesting. And shocking new reveals in there, and they go in depth about some some games that I was yeah. personally interested in. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Did you guys want to talk about uh, some of the more interesting things they talked about in it? Yeah. How about before we get into talking about individual ones, Alex, give give us a rundown, like a quick rundown of all the the big things that came out of this presentation. So here's all the big things that uh, I took note of, and of course, there's probably ones that you guys were more interested in than we can talk about. But the ones I talked about was. A more in-depth look at Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, it's called It's About Time, right? Is that the subtitle? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so Crash Bandicoot 4, an in-depth look at Spelunky 2, some actual gameplay of Bug Snacks, um, a remaster of Braid, which came out of nowhere. It really did. Yeah. It really did. Uh, this game called The Pathless that apparently the people I was watching it with said that they had seen it before, but I'd never seen it. So um, the expansion to Control featuring Alan Wake um, mm-hmm. and Gearbox's new looter shooter slasher thing, uh, Godfall, was another one. They called it a looter slasher. Yeah. Which I think is really fun and cute because I think everybody wants in on this thing that Kojima did where he named his genre... And I just think it's cute. Yeah, but remember when we mercilessly made fun of him for naming the genre? Yeah, oh, but I'll mercilessly make to, fun so of Gearbox cute. for doing the same thing. It's just, you know. Sure, sure. I what were you saying, Janelle? Now everyone's like... Just everyone's doing it now, so it's still stupid, but it's cute, like you said. I'm also sure. not going to lie. I'm a little bit inclined to mock Gearbox more than most Yeah, that's Yeah, valid. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> um... There was a couple of weird surprises, like a trailer for Auto Chess. Oh, yeah. For I forgot about that. PlayStation 4. That's mm-hmm. kind of weird. We had Star Wars VR. Star Wars Vader. VR. Yeah. yeah Vader oh, Wars, that's right. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was like an Oculus Quest game or something. I, I was this under the impression. Exists, doesn't it? I, I was under the impression it was watched... locked to its own like console thingy. Like I it had its own did... little toy, I thought. I said while we watched it. Let this IP die, and I stand by that. We really don't need this game. Also, yeah. bad name. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with you. Uh, there was a multiplayer game, well, po- possibly multiplayer game, called Hood Outlaws and Legends that was shown in a cinematic trailer and maybe looked sort of like a two, two teams of four Oh, I forgot about that, game. yeah. They um, had um, Aeon Must Die, and there's a big like controversy around that being shown. I also forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about in a minute, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had Genshin Impact, which, listener, you may have seen as Chinese company Tencent's anime Breath of the Wild. Oh, this off. is Tencent's? Um, Everything's Tencent's. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Now that I now that I said that, you, you might be right that it is not Tencent. Listener, we will come back to that okay for getting that one possibly wrong and last but not least well uh-huh. did you have any more because i have a big one no i think uh, you have oh, the Temtem. Same one i think you should go for it oh temtem is just a bad pokemon yep no <laughs> hitman vr hitman 3 yep hitman vr 3. oh i forgot and about that yeah it's not just that it is coming to okay listener developer mihoyo and it is not a 10 cent game i was oh, wrong geez. okay um, okay yeah it is Hitman 3, and like you mentioned, VR, but it isn't just Hitman 3 in VR. It's all Hitman games being ported into VR. Well, oh, really? as in Hitman all, all 1, 2, IOI. and 3. Yeah, the new Hitman games. Yep. They, I did so not know they, that. Wow. They, they, they actually have a name for the new Hitman games to differentiate them from the original. They, they're calling it the World of Assassination Trilogy. So those, those ones. Okay. And I believe also Hitman 3 is going to act as a platform for all 24 levels across all three games. Because currently, if you load up Hitman 2 on your PS4 or PC or whatever, and you have the files for Hitman 1 installed, you can play all of Hitman 1's content, cutscene complete, in the Hitman 2 engine with the new gameplay features. Mm -hmm. So 
rather than like a VR expansion for Hitman 1 and 2, I think we can surmise this would just be the same thing. You could play Hitman 1 and 2 locations ported into Hitman 3's launcher. Probably. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Heck, as someone who these days, now that I'm at home all the time, I'm starting to kind of want a VR headset, and I love Hitman. That sounds great. You do want a VR headset, huh? I do. You want PSVR? I do want PSVR. Really? Huh? Yeah. It's, um, I don't want some super expensive PC sure. headset. I don't sure. care about VR that much. I'd rather just get a An accessible VR cheap. kit that yeah. can work with what you have. Yep. Exactly. That makes I just sense. want to play VR once or twice and then put it away and let it... Get Dustin and Fibers, pull it out, and try to sell it on eBay for $50. <laughs> I want a Valve Index. Yeah. I want to treat it like one of those old men with a sports car where I never play it. I just make sure <laughs> nobody in my house ever touches it, and I get really snippy when everyone looks at it too long. I mean, That's VR headsets are kind of are more fragile than people give them credit for, right? <laughs> like, And especially one that costs $1,000, listener. Uh, yeah. The Valve Index costs... $1,000, and that does not include the computer that you need to run games on it with. It's right. outrageous. So wow, the question that. is, would I pay 2.5 times the price of my car for the privilege of playing Half-Life Alex and maybe Beat Saber? No. Yeah. No. No. But you think maybe a, a year or two down the line, they'll release a another version, and that one will either get cheaper or they'll make a cheaper one? What would yeah. be your what would be your entry price for PC? This is unrelated, but what do you think? What would you be willing to pay for a a headset? In a good part of my life financially, between three to four hundred. That's absurd. Huh, because okay. to me, that's about the price of a TV console. That's absurd. That I would pay, but when I I I, I specify a good part of my life sure, because I would sure. need to have. An the unusual, disposable income, yeah. I would need to have an unusually large excess of disposable money, and I don't typically. I'd say right now, I would, I would look at a headset that was like two hundred dollars, and I would look at it at the store in a while, and I probably wouldn't buy it until I came back like two more times to think about it. Yeah, yeah. That's I'd about get, where I am. I'd get a two hundred dollar headset if Nolan would have these on it with me, like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no, it's absurd. There will never... Look, I believe that there will be a handful of good VR games, but then VR will die, and there won't be very many good VR games. There will just be a couple. You think VR will die? Yeah, VR's not gonna... It's not really. Gonna I don't think VR will be thing. the future, but I don't think VR will die. I think there will always be kind of a niche for it. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a niche. I just don't expect to ever pay the same amount I would pay for yeah. a PlayStation when the PlayStation is guaranteed to have at least one good game on it <laughs> where the a VR headset might have one fun or interesting thing. Like, wow, I can shake a bottle of liquid in Half-Life Alex and play a neat Half-Life game, and now that's it, and I spent $400. I, I feel like right now what you're paying for is the privilege of being an early adopter, yeah. which I... I tend to think is not is not worth premium price. People have also um, been saying that for literally 10 years. Like, how yeah, much yeah, longer is yeah. that going to happen? Yeah. And that's, I, I, I'm like, I'm with you, Janelle. I, I think that I would, I would not, I would need to be in a weird state of mind to spend full price on a VR headset because I think that when I'm buying a PlayStation, it's expensive. And listen, Sony didn't pay me to say this, but 
I'm investing in like hundreds of hours and probably the number one thing that my TV screen will do for the next few years or more right when i buy a playstation it's it's huge for me Mm -hmm. vr headset there's a non-zero chance that it ends up boxed up beneath your desk forever yep um if you're like me where i don't really play games on my pc very often anyways Mm -hmm. Um, even games that i love on pc i end up not finishing because i prefer to be on my couch Mm -hmm. yeah so it's funny because um, as someone who has both a PC that I really like using and an admittedly older uh, VR rig, I don't use it because it's a hassle, right? Like you have to set up, yeah. in my case, I have to set up the sensors. I have an older uh, mm-hmm. Oculus. So I have to set those up and then I have to make sure that it's not light outside because light on the lenses is can like just fry it completely because they're just sure. intense magnifying glasses, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like it's it's just so inconvenient and so much of a hassle that it's like, I'm not going to do that and then pay extra for Half-Life Alex or whatever else is on there. It's just not no, worth absolutely. it for me. And, like, even outside of, like, the lighting thing, look, I have a blender that I really like. I've used it three times, I think, because I don't like pulling it out of the drawer <laughs> and cleaning it. It's a huge hassle. It's probably not, really. People have real problems. But I don't like using the <laughs> fucking blender. I just gave away a crock pot, basically, because I used it twice in the last five years. Yeah. It's a hassle to pull it out of the fucking box and do the whole thing. I'm yeah. not going to do that with a stupid piece of computer equipment see, that is yeah. going to be obsolete in five years. What you should uh-huh. do is double up functionality and put a bowl on top of your Oculus oh, and shit. then put it in a sun shaft so the, the heat slow cooks your meat this, oh God. and blends at the same time that's brilliant that's brilliant <laughs> oh it, um, it just it just starts like spinning because it's just shocking itself into death <laughs> blends it i know it's perfect we need to move off this topic soon yeah but you know i'm just thinking about it and for the last couple of years vr like places to go play vr games in person have been popping up I've said so many P's. I'm really self-conscious now. It's okay. about the P's. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, have been popping up for the last few years, right? But now coronavirus has happened. And even if we get a vaccine, I don't personally feel comfortable putting a headset on my face that other people have put on their yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder uh, if the coronavirus is going to kill VR stores. The disinfecting like, like VR theater cafes. is, yeah. yeah. VR cafes were already so niche. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, but now they're donezo. Guaranteed. Yeah. I'd be curious well, to see what happens for sure. But... Yeah. Like this saying this conversation feels irrelevant right now. Yeah. However, I think there's a non-zero chance, to use that phrase a second time, that the PS5 will push VR harder. So we might come back around to this this fall season. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, as a University of Oregon podcast, they do lend out headsets if you want to rent one. Not I right do. now, obviously. But like, I'd much rather once or twice while I'm still in school just rent a headset than buy one. Yeah. That seems like the best way to go, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So for this particular conference, for stuff coming out for PlayStation right now, what stood out to you guys out of the list we just ran down? Uh, I'm personally really happy we got to see Bugsnax gameplay because I think I said this when they revealed it, but it was like, oh, this looks cute, but what is it? Now I know what it is. It's a first person exploration game. And I'm very interested in that. Also, one thing that I thought was really cute was that the characters, uh, I've never seen a game do this before. They move like how Muppets move, like their mouth movements and their arms and everything. They move like real world puppets, which I thought was really, really neat. I've never seen a game try to emulate how that really unique look of a puppet before. Um, Sure. But Bugsnax looks really cute and interesting. Um, Um, I'm very curious about it. 
when we were watching it, I think I said, this is really cute. I'll never play it. <laughs> it's cool for people who will. Yeah. Like, it looks really cute, but, you know, it's not the type of game I'm very interested in. But sure. I'm excited to see people have a lot of fun with it because I bet my Twitter is just going to be full of people who love bug snacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to play it. I want to give it a shot because this, a walking, I say this term lovingly, but a walking simulator is something I can get behind. Um, Dude, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is the perfect Alex game because it is like a little walking simulator with cute animals and like cute foods. And I just feel like that's very... And it's visually like. weird, too. I like things that are, yeah. like, weird. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. I'm not like the other normal kids. I'm a weirdo. You, yeah, you, you, you definitely like offbeat visuals, for sure. I do, too, to a point. I think with this game, I, um, I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed by the yeah. trailer. I felt that it looked like a game that I would probably really enjoy if it gets a really strong reception. If people are like, you need to play this, I'll definitely play it but i don't know that the concept and what i saw alone would carry me through that game just like i wouldn't see it on the psn store and just buy it on a whim mm-hmm. i would need a i would need a friend of mine to tell me that i should play it i think maybe i'll be that friend when it comes out or maybe i won't like will. it we'll see maybe you will however i will go on psn day one and preload and wait for that midnight unlock for spelunky 2 because I have been waiting for Spelunky 2, Derek Yu, sole developer of Spelunky 1, for so long. And this game looks incredible. I, I, I know you guys don't particularly care about Yeah, I have Spelunky. to be honest with you. I've never understood your your affection for Spelunky. Like, Spelunky is a, is a totally I... fine game. I have nothing against Spelunky. But, like, I feel like there's other uh, procedurally generated games like that that I feel like have done that better in my opinion i i haven't played spelunky but watching nolan play it has always just been a blast and i don't know it just i kind of get it i don't know how to formulate what i'm thinking but like i get it sure i I think that you're you're right there are games that have done individual elements of what spelunky does better um but for reasons that would take up a podcast episode (laughs) <laughs> I'll say in short that I think the original Spelunky, and in particular Spelunky HD, is to my mind the best indie platformer of the past decade. And wow. I, I have a lot of things I could say about it, and you could you could find out that I'm regurgitating them if you buy Derek Yu's book. Derek Yu is the creator of Spelunky. Listener, he wrote a book called Spelunky, where he explains at book length the development process of and philosophy behind Spelunky. And it's a good read. It's not long. I read it in a couple days. Um, and it's, Wasn't it's great. And I, I think that it, 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 I already had a lot of love for the game, but that man and his passion for his creation gave me more. And I just, I'll just, I'll buy whatever the heck he puts out, but especially another Spelunky, I'm there for it. Wasn't Spelunky going to be, or Spelunky HD specifically going to be featured in the sequel to, uh, uh, indie game in the movie? I actually didn't know that. I thought I, it was. I, it, it, I don't know if that sounds, movie actually came out or not, but... It sounds plausible. I'd, I'd buy it. You want to know it was an indie game, the movie won, mm. and was a big deal? What was? Uh, Braid. Yes, I was I was thinking that too. Perfect transition. What a weird game to launch on PSN in 2020. Yeah, I, I kind of 
didn't realize Braid had any cultural relevance anymore, especially now that Phil Fish has fallen out of... Uh, and that's not Phil that's Fish. Not, it's I'm sorry. Jonathan Blow. That's Jonathan Blow. But even yeah. then, Jonathan Blow has also not really been in the public eye or in good favor for a while. People, people loved The Witness. They did, yeah. Do you remember that part in uh, Indie Game, the movie, which is a very, very good movie about the, the documentation of a couple or the, the development process of a couple indie games? Do you remember that part in Indie Game the movie where they showed a clip of Soldier Boy playing Braid? Because that is yeah that that will forever be burned in my brain as one of the funniest scenes because they're expecting us to feel really bad for uh, Jonathan Blow when Soldier Boy is playing this game and having so much fun with it. He's like, "Whoa, you can like backwards and forwards time, dude!" <laughs> and it's backed with this sad music and these plaintive shots of him being sad that like. Soldier Boy doesn't get my video game. And it's like, just let the dude have fun with the game. I don't know. Braid is a good game. I have nothing against Braid. I think it did a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, and I think if I'd like to I'd like to see this remaster, especially it looks really pretty. There's no more Vaseline smeared on the screen like there was in the original release. <laughs> I am not saying anything original by defending Braid, but I will say Braid is Braid is pretty good. Yeah. I think I think that what happens with Braid is that Braid is a very, very good game. However, uh, this is my hot take. Braid was a very good game at the advent of the Xbox Live Arcade, which I theorize propelled it to a star position, like to fame. Yeah. I don't think that it would have had if it came out. Like if uh, some other game had come out at the beginning of the Xbox Live Arcade and shown people that indie games meant business with artistic statements and mm -hmm. style. Um, I don't know how much Braid would have shown. Like, what if, like, Hollow Knight came out back then? You know? We'd have a different conversation. I guess that's just common sense. But... Well, sure, you could say that about a lot of pieces of media. Like, oh, if this came out before this, this would have been more influential. Like, sure. But, but I mean, the fact but is, I mean, that I... didn't happen. Right. The fact is, that that didn't happen but my point is, in 2020, does Braid hold up as an indie masterpiece? Or does it feel like a game from the advent of the Xbox Live Arcade? Because yeah. several classic masterpiece games continue to feel, play, and, and have the effect of their mastery no matter when you play them. Uh, like, I'm playing Suikoden 2 right now, and that, that game is, is riveting every moment is is riveting i'm just wondering if like braid if it came out now what or if people played it discovered it now if they would feel that way sure so i guess we'll find out in 2021 when it releases i guess we will won't we yeah janelle do you have any games that you were excited about in particular yeah you know i do i know you, you know do i do i know you do let's hear it let's hear it crash bandicoot 4 they showed me crash bandicoot 4 but i was here's the problem I need to rewatch that because I was in the middle of making coffee because mm -hmm. we were rushing to watch it on time and we were really <laughs> So I didn't actually get to watch it in depth, but um, I really liked what I saw. I'm very excited. Look, I don't think Crash Bandicoot is the greatest video game of all time, right? But everyone has their game like that that they really like. Mm -hmm. Some people like Spyro and some people like the bear and some people like Crash Bandicoot. What bear? The Banjo? Bear. Banjo. Some people oh. like the plumber. Some people like the fast hog. 
Yeah, some people like this the thiefy boy. Some people like, like the, the worm in the space man suit. Who the alien. But this game looks fun, and it reminded me um the tri- or the parts that we saw reminded me a lot of the new Ratchet and Clank. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like they're kind of going for a lot of the same thing. They're not just doing their original, you know, run around or whatever thing. Now it's uh god what was there there was like slide on a pole play as dingo dial yeah it'd be neon now or whatever yeah but you know it looks cute the neon thing they're not doing just like aesthetic filters they're they're adding these um modes that you can play the game in that screw with the physics so which is very cool yeah that's a neat thing or physics or mechanics like one of them was that you play every level underwater one of them was that to see your path, you have to splatter paint. Which, mm. listen, toys for Bob. I've played Unfinished Swan, hit PS3 indie game. I know what you're cribbing, okay? Wow. You didn't, you didn't, wow. You didn't, you didn't skip my watchful eye, toys for Bob. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe Bob should have been given a, a book. A better toy. You no, know? a better toy. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Wow. Well, in any case, I'm excited to buy this on sale for $20. <laughs> You're not going to get it at launch for 60 I think they said? I mean... Bandicoot 4 isn't like a big game for you? No, I loved those the be- games the, as the, a kid. The and best game of 96, 97, and 98? I mean, I did buy the, like, insane trilogy. You did? The insane. Yeah. But that game launched for $30. Where is that in this home? I want to play it. Yeah, well, it was really hard and oh, really okay. hard to play. So, like, you know... I'll have fun with this when mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be $60. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. But in any case, I'm excited for it. I'll have fun with it. I will say just really quick before we move on is that I think this game, the animation looks really pretty and they talked about mm-hmm. how, um, they looked towards classic cartoons, which is a lot of what, like cr- the original Crash Bandicoot games took heavy cues from the old Warner Brothers cartoons, like Looney Tunes to yeah. create the characters. And I really like that they're like leaning back into that. As opposed to doing whatever the other Crash games were trying to do. I also like how he looks. He's really, like, nicely stylized. He doesn't have, like, gross, realistic fur textures. Yeah, he looks cool. You can play the whole game as his sister, which is pretty cool. Yeah. By the way, what what happened? I feel like we came so tantalizingly close at least three times in the past few years to the revival of the 3D platformer and the collectathon. And neither of them happened. I don't know about we that. A, we had a hat in time. We had ukulele. We had Mario Odyssey. All those came around the same sort of vicinity and seemed to herald this second coming of these games getting the spotlight. And it just didn't. It just never happened. But those games did get the spotlight. Yeah, but they didn't revive the genre. They were anomalies. Yeah. You know, uh... I, I want to. Uh, I, I I I guess what I'm saying is the very idea that we have to look at Crash 4 and go, that's not going to be full price. To me, sure. it says, 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 says a lot. Sure, yeah. sure. Mario Odyssey was full price, and nobody questioned that because it was a Mario game. But we look at a 3D platformer with, like, very just on the face, like, this is a platforming game, and most people go, well, that can't be full price. Yeah. You know? What happened to these big... I don't know. It would just be interesting to see, like, a new Banjo game or something... Or someone try to do that from their own angle. Yeah, you know? I'd be really yeah. curious to see if that happens, especially with uh, Microsoft trying to, like, you know, make a name for themselves and come back from the arguable failure. Not even arguable, just the failure of the Xbox One, you know? That'd be interesting. Look, I'll buy Crash Bandicoot for $60. Yeah. 
No, uh, I, we didn't yeah. mean to sway you. Well, I will. Now I feel guilty. <laughs> no. I have for $60. God damn it. I'm, I'm not saying it's your fault that we don't have 3D platformers. God. I'll buy it for $70. We talked about that, right? I'll buy it for $70. Bucks. You're, like, you're like Greg Miller. Like, I'll pay $245 for Crash Bandicoot 4. Oh. I will double mortgage my home for Crash Bandicoot 4. I'll... I'll pay $7,000 for one of the skateboards that he rode in one of those old commercials. <laughs> oh my god, what if the Collector's Edition came with the full-size suit the, from the, the commercials? The suit? Oh. Yeah, this is unrelated, kind of. Related, kind of. I saw a Twitter post the other day about how they're selling one of the original, well, one of the Ninja Turtles costumes yes. on, like, some website, and it's disgusting. It's, like, half-rotted away. It's falling apart, yeah. it's just the nastiest thing i've ever is seen is it like a life. pizza slice in it no for authenticity just dripping off the side oh the god gooey gooey boy by that point it would be all like molded. it'd be solid no dripping Wait, anywhere why did you why did you just open your phone and play a live recording of your reaction to the luigi's mansion 3 trip? <laughs> <laughs> oh gooey gooey boy. boy do we want to talk about any of the other uh state of play games Yes, I want to talk about Godfall because Me too. I think it's interesting. And I don't mean as a game that I'll spend full money on, but it is industry relevant. What do you guys think about Godfall, Gearbox's looter slasher? Godfall. What I think is that I hold the Yeah, phone. you go ahead. Go ahead. I, was, I was watching this video and Nolan was typing away and I was like, oh, what are you and Alex talking about? And he was telling me about how you guys... You said that it made your brain hurt. It was so boring or something. It made my brain smooth over, I think it was. What it, or glaze and, over. And I thought, these guys are dummies. This game looks kind of fun for $10. <laughs> it's another game that I think I would have a lot of fun playing, like, one night of or whatever. But I don't know. I don't think it's as boring as I initially thought it would be, is someone, what I'm trying to get someone, at. Someone, like, tell the audience what, what is Godfall. Why don't you? Okay. <laughs> it looks like It looks like they want to make Destiny as in, like, a social loot-based games as a service right games as a service game but i mean particularly the particularly the kind where like you're running the same missions several times to get loot and optimize them with friends Mm -hmm. but as a fantasy melee focused game with like a kind of kingdoms of amalur reckoning looking combat system with like magic mixed in and they really spent a long time talking about how each of the weapons change your play style kind of like a monster hunter world type of thing mm-hmm. but with a sort of dark souls bloodborne looking combat system it's perhaps a little bit less punishing sure. wow i feel like that guy in gilmore girls who describes his original songs by going it's kind of like the shins meets the doors meets, Earth, meets <laughs> yeah that's the problem that's what with I this game like right now it looks and, and like so... it looks boring and like the gameplay yeah. is just comparing it to other things that i'm already not interested in there is so nothing this is, in this game think, for me. This is, I think, exactly why I agree with Janelle when she says, I'll play it for $10. Yeah. And this is my problem as a whole with, uh, you know, Gearbox. Is Gearbox. <laughs> I just think this is the kind of game Gearbox makes, you know? Just a game you Oof. look at and go, you look at a Gearbox game and you go, that's a AAA video game. Yeah. They did sure make one of those. Yeah. They sure did. Yeah. They sure did call a character in that handsome Jack. Um, <laughs> I actively enjoyed the weapon and armor designs really <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I did okay. i thought this is neat that's valid this is fine this is a video game if i feel like playing a <laughs> video game 
I'll play this video game. This but if I want to like, play any other type of thing, it's not going to be this. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't this such a weird feeling? Like for you to, for, for you to say that, I, I know exactly what you mean when you say, "If I want to play a video game, I will play this." Yeah. It sounds like gibberish, but I get it because that's well, how I feel about every modern Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> how, I, how I feel about like Ghost Recon, and and to be honest. Listener, sorry to sorry to uh, burst the critical acclaim bubble here, but how I feel about Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. So um, was it last episode when I was like pretty this fun? Is yeah. Pretty fun. I don't like that game. Oh really? You just went it. from it being yeah. pretty fun to not liking it at all. It's really fun for a little bit because you know the first time you do each thing, it's really interesting, and then that's the whole game. Sure. That makes it's, sense. It's fun. It's fun because it's it's got so much money in it. It's polished to a mere shine. But it just doesn't. I, mm. It's a video game. Yeah, yeah. It's sure, a video sure. Game. Yeah. I think you created the perfect like. It's a video like, game. Backhanded compliment when you said that about Godfall. I love how that means nothing, but we all unanimously understand exactly what that means. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yep. There were some other things in this conference as well. Um, Wait, hold on. Before we move off of that, okay. I'm, I'm kind of peeved. Okay. Because when they announced the state of play, and this is going to make me sound like a baby, baby gamer, <laughs> but when they announced it, they said it'll be 40 plus minutes. So when they showed that and went on for a really long time about how every single thing works or whatever, which was boring as hell, I thought, okay, well, we're at 35 minutes right now. There's at least going to be a second of either, holy shit, what's that game called? The the one I kept saying I wanted to see. Silent Hill? No. No? God damn it. Not Bloodborne. You might. Uh, Elden George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Yep. Elden Ring or, um, I don't know. I also was kind of wishfully thinking about uh, Dragon Age 4. And I thought maybe we'll see a second of a game like that that I'm really interested in. But then the guy just talked for 20 minutes and then the whole thing was done and I was so peeved. <laughs> Yeah, the Godfall thing did take up a lot of time. I think so they, they explained they two separate weapon classes. I think so. Maybe three. And they didn't even do that thing that Nintendo does where they end the show and then go. Oh, One more go. thing. One more thing. Because yeah. that's how you get you people to have about... like fond memories of it is if you end strong. Yep. Yeah. Instead, they started incredibly strongly and then they ended with Godfall. For yeah. And like I said... No, I, I, I'll play it, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I don't want to learn about it. Should front load that stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. that yeah. When, 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 when Microsoft decided they wanted to show nine minutes of Halo Infinite and they opened the show with it, everyone sits through it because they're kind of curious and you're there, but you're mostly like, this is cool because now we get to know what comes afterwards. You put it at the end, you risk a lot of people just ditching. I mean, I know that not every person is going to like every game, right? Yeah. But I think it's... I think we can all agree that our understanding of these game shows, whether they're a direct or a state of play or E3, is the beginning is going to be interesting and the end is going to yep. be interesting. Yep. In the middle, we'll have some neat stuff, I guess. I don't know. I think what it Absolutely, points to 100%. is that they... I think what it points to is that they think that Godfall is going to be a big hit. Yeah, and if you And think, I don't think that they're right about that. Here's what I think. If you think your AAA game is going to be a hit, it's probably not. Well, I think <laughs> I mean it. There's Anthem. There's well, God, any AAA game in the last few years that isn't like an established game series that people already like or about Japan. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it applies in a lot of cases, but I think there are cases also where the pedigree behind your work is big enough that you can be pretty sure, like, okay, if we announce this game, people are going to pay attention or they're waiting for it. But I mean, I don't know what Gearbox thinks they have, but it's not a large loyal fan base. Sometimes I wonder if I'm out of touch because I see things like this <laughs> and the Avengers game, which we're going to talk about. And to hear people be really excited about these things is like, maybe I'm the one who's wrong, you know? Maybe we're just out of touch and don't get what the kids are into nowadays. Speaking of out of touch, that's how I felt when I played the game Control, which I thought was really good, but not mm, what people said it was. Control was such a critical darling, and I played it, and it was really, really good. But um, it just didn't—it just didn't hit that like that platinum mark that people kept saying that it did for me, at least. So. I am interested in this expansion, um, but I don't know that I'll reinstall Control to play it. But Control was so good in a way that made me want to know what game Remedy will make next, not in a way that makes me want to play more Control, I think. I think what's interesting about this Control expansion, and the reason that people are even talking about it, is because Uh of what it's implying about Remedy's games. Um, Is that they're all... The Remedyverse, yes. There is uh, this Control expansion is going to heavily feature Alan Wake, who's a character that, my understanding, is owned by Microsoft. Yes. Mm-hmm. And was showed off, shown off on a PlayStation conference and is going to be released on multiple platforms. That's pretty cool to me. I think that's a neat thing that yeah, they're doing. Is. Yeah. So the question is, does Remedy have any rights to Max Payne? I no. I think the answer is no. Yeah, the answer is no. I mean, Max Payne 3 wasn't even made by Remedy. That was all in-house nope. Rockstar. Yeah, which is uh, which is sad for Remedy. I mean, because... isn't Max Payne 3 incredible, though, is the thing? Oh, I'm not talking about Max Payne 3 oh. being sad. I'm talking about them not being able to yeah, pull him into yeah. the Remedyverse being he, sad. He is pretty sad, though. Yeah. He is pretty sad. That's like a major theme of Max Payne 3. <laughs> He's yeah. not having a good time. The man's like, I like my... Alcohol. I really like and how I sure do like killing people. I really like how after every fight in Max Payne three, he just whines about how they didn't kill him. He's like, oh god, why didn't they just fucking shoot me? Because he's just miserable and depressed. Uh, he's like a Twitter user. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll make a lot of fun of Max Payne, but uh, but guys, Alex is right. Max Payne three is really damn good. Yeah. Max Payne three is a little bit clumsy in places because it really leaned heavily into being about third world exoticism. Uh, as its setting, which kind of works, but it, it it makes it pretty open for like clumsy mis- missteps in its writing, mm-hmm. which it occasionally does. But damn, that game shoots well, shoots clean, shoots sad. Go play that game. You get that game for like five bucks right now. Probably it's, yeah. it's cheap. It's old. Yeah. Um. Do we have anything else, or can we move on? I think from the state of play, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they didn't show me any fucking Elden Ring. They didn't. I don't. I wonder when or if we'll ever see that. Um, well, George R. R. Martin, so never. Yeah, that's true. He's got to finish <laughs> it. <laughs> Easy jokes. Yeah. Um, speaking of popular multimedia franchises that have captivated the world, um, Marvel's The Avengers is a video game that we have not talked about at all in this podcast, and I think it's because... I haven't heard of those guys. What? Haven't heard of this. Oh, uh, it's it, actually a pretty successful uh, movie franchise. I don't know how often you get out to the theater, but uh, you know they're uh, these days all the time. Yeah, they, they're they're pretty big. I don't, I don't go to the theater. It's very dangerous. Right? That, now. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go to a theater now, but you know, 
at one point. You guys just made my joke make me sound like such an asshole. What was your joke? I didn't even hear it. My whole my whole joke said I can't stop going to the movies oh. right now. Oh, yeah. Going to the movies. Because <laughs> it's empty and no one else is there. Yeah. It's really just weird that when I go to the movies, I just love to cough. It's weird that whenever <laughs> I come back from the movies, I can't stop sneezing. Why does my chest I hurt? I can never I taste the popcorn. Every... It's so flavorless it's now these a, days. It's, it's my way of showing affection. I turn to each person and, and each direction of me and I go, <clears throat> God. on them. Isn't it crazy how movie theaters these days are just so hot? It's like I have a fever or something. I'm just burning <laughs> oh, up in there. No. It's crazy. Um, but uh, that's bad. Yeah, so there's a, an Avengers game that none of us care about. Yeah, that's why we haven't talked about it. Because I think that this is another thing that I mentioned that, like, am I out of touch? Because it's like, when they revealed this game, they said that they were going to reveal it at E3 a few years ago. And they led with um, they led with Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I thought was, like, one of the biggest deals in video games for a long time. Like, people were super excited mm-hmm. about this. But in the Twitch chat, everyone was like, show us Avengers. We want to see Avengers. That's crazy. So maybe I'm out of touch. I don't know. But this game is going to be kind of a game to the service. People have uh, likened it to Destiny in the beta that came out not too long ago. Um, It looks kind of weird and clunky and everyone looks gross. Um, If that's your thing, I I guess no shame. But like, I don't think any of us on the podcast are particularly excited for it. Um, Me personally, I'm especially not excited after this. Um, The character Spider-Man is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation. Um, so this game is releasing on PC and Stadia for some reason and uh, Xbox One. Making yeah, that a thing. Yeah. But the entire character, Spider-Man, is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation. Look, there's nothing wrong with like a Spider-Man game coming out for PS4 and being for PS4. Sure. That's fine. But don't make a video game that can be played on multiple consoles and then make parts of it exclusive forever. Timed exclusivity is already pretty annoying, yeah. but that is just really scummy and really gross, and I hate it's it. It's like, and also, like, if this game is going to be as story-driven as they say, then, like, either Spider-Man's not going to have a, a, an impact on the story, or his story is going to be locked to one machine forever. It's just it's it's just kind of yeah. lame and scummy, and people who are excited for this yeah. game are frustrated. Understandably. Yeah, yeah. You have any takes, Nolan? Um, no. My take on the Avengers is <laughs> just ap- It's just apathy. Yeah. Yeah. You should see his face I'm right not, now. He doesn't care at all. I'm not upset about this game because I. This is the only reason I remembered about this game. Yep. Yeah, sure. Is for a second I read the Twitter thread and went, "Oh, that's no good." <laughs> and then I didn't think about it anymore. Yeah. Um Yeah. But like, you know, on a on a on a front as this relates to business and the industry, it it is upsetting and and it is anti-consumer. And I'm not saying that this is Square Enix's fault. But these are the same guys that released like a a chart that you had to trace your finger across to figure out what edition of Deus Ex Mankind Divided came with all the content. Yeah. And spoiler alert, the answer was basically none of them, but there were still like seven choices. So it's not necessarily a unique to this time problem. Yeah, um, it's we, sure. we we have been in DL, DLC hell and and microtransaction and and more more importantly it's been forever since the advent of this idea where you buy the same game at walmart versus gamestop and you get an exclusive mission 
based on the code written on your receipt that you have to go to the certain store to get and you only get one of them and then your game's locked out of the rest of them. I mean, companies are going to find new ways to do this forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me it's upsetting to see it happen at such a at such a wildly large scale. I mean, it's always been This isn't just some like uh, throwaway. It's, it's always been like a mission or some random yeah. or something. But, this like, is Marvel's most popular character. character, right? Like this is yeah, this is the Marvel character. And I think that makes this story quite a bit bigger. It, but it isn't it's unfortunate that I'm saying it isn't surprising. Sure. I think what's extra weird about this too, and I think that the the Spider-Man PS4 game by Insomniac didn't help, is that there's this weird perception in a lot of people's minds that like there was the the film deal that happened a while ago because Sony owned the film rights. Sony only owns the film rights, and when they were negotiating, that was it, right? They still got the film rights. Um, the idea with the PS4 game was Sony came up to them and was like, "Hey, we want you guys to make a game using our property." It can be any one of them. And they chose Spider-Man because, like, well, that seems like a pretty good option to do. They had also just... Insomniac had just made a game about traversing an urban environment in fun and interesting ways. So that kind of changed the public perception that, like, oh, Sony owns the entirety of this character, and this isn't helping. So unless that there's something that these studios are not telling us, this is just sort of, like, a weird, like, decision that was arbitrarily made. Well, this is just a rumor right now from like yesterday mm-hmm. but apparently sony has approached all major third party I have heard that, yeah. developers for exclusive playstation advantage content that's what they're calling it is like the playstation advantage right yeah. yeah yeah so like we're gonna see a lot more I of this this is just the beginning of this and yeah like i said i mean everything should be should be available on everything i've made jokes in the past about how i'm a sony fanboy so don't you put the last of us on computer or whatever <laughs> but like it's, you know, everything should be available on whatever it can be, but, you know, if you want to put a game, like, a whole game just on one console, fine. But don't, like, put a whole game on a bunch of consoles and then only yeah. allow half of the players to actually uh, play A multiplayer, online-only game that I feel yeah. like, I feel like crossplay could have really benefited from, but now that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. You know? So... Good thing they're not like, uh, too bad they can't be more like Nintendo, who only does good uh, consumer practices and never does weird, scummy, arbitrary things. Oh, oh wait. What did Nintendo Oh wait, hold on. I'm just now getting a a notification that uh, Nintendo did this weird, scummy, arbitrary thing for no reason. Um, Tell me all about it. So Pikmin 3 was just announced for the Nintendo Switch, an enhanced version of it. Um, This was a Wii U game that came out on the Wii U. It was actually a launch title for the Wii U. For some reason, that Pikmin was the franchise they decided to lead with, um, which I've always thought was weird from, like, day one. But uh, after they announced that it was coming to the Nintendo Switch, they actually pulled it from the Wii U eShop, like, completely. You just flat out can't buy it anymore. Yep. Which is scummy in a couple ways, because, one, Pikmin 3 was reduced from its launch asking price of $60 to $20, whereas the enhanced version on Switch is going to be $60. So they probably didn't want people being like, why can't I just buy this this $20 game on a console that is no longer actively being sold? So it, and that's another thing that's just so weird and scummy about it. It's like, people are not out there buying Wii U's. Nobody is leveraging, oh, should I buy a Switch or a Wii U? Most people are going sure. straight to Switch because the Wii U was a colossal flop, right? It, yeah. it just seems, there, there's no reason for them to go back and do this other than, like, greed, I guess. 
I don't know. I mean, aren't they pretty notorious for making certain games of theirs unavailable if it means that it's going to be coming out again soon, like as a re-release? See, I haven't heard of this happening with them before, um, but apparently they did this with uh, the Donkey Kong Country game that just came out, Tropical Freeze. I guess that happened, mm -hmm. but that didn't get as much attention for some weird or, reason. You know, you know who you might be thinking of, which is related to Nintendo, so the association exists, is Square Enix. Because yeah. Square Enix won't let anybody put their old games on, like, um, NES or SNES Online. You'll never see a Final Fantasy game show up on there mm -hmm. or anything because they always release their classic games for 10 to $15 on every... And people happily product. buy them, so why bother, right? Right. Yeah. So they, they, won't, they won't let you do anything with them that they didn't do themselves. Mm -hmm. Or, like... I shouldn't be the one bringing this up because I don't know enough about it, but I think I remember you telling me that in old Animal Crossing games, you could, like, get a little console and, like, do Oh, yep, yep, yep. And yep. now that's just not a thing that you can do anymore, just yeah, in case so, Nintendo wants to sell these games again in the future. Well, yeah. what, it, what it was is that um, the DS was second Animal Crossing game. I imagine that time it was probably just memory. But by the time the Wii rolled around and had, had City Folk... They had the virtual console. The they had the virtual console. So putting NES games in Animal Crossing would have been yeah totally undercutting their business model, um, which I can't I don't I can't really hold against them. That makes sense. I mean they're more of an Easter egg than anything, but it's also like why not throw those in there? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's it's one of these things like there there is a big difference between buying a Excite Bike for five bucks and like digging a hole every day for a month in Animal Crossing and hoping maybe you get excite by yeah. having to load the game up and walk to your excite bike room. Yeah. Look, if I get excite bike in Animal Crossing and I like it, I'm probably just going to try to go buy it. What Nintendo you know? doesn't know maybe is that everyone who played Animal Crossing population growing hit GameCube players choice game loaded up balloon fight and played it for like four minutes and went, oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but never touch it again. That's yeah, because yeah, Balloon Fight's not that great a game, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, or you know how they removed they, there used to be an Easter, I almost said an Easter code, an <laughs> Easter egg where you could input a code on the Switch home menu to get um, Satoru Iwata's NES Golf. Yeah, as a tribute to him after as he a, passed away, and then it was removed. Right. It was removed, and I don't even think that game is on really Nintendo Switch why, Online. That was I didn't know that. That's really scummy. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's interesting. We don't know for sure whether or not it was always intended to only... It only existed during, I, I want to say, like, launch week. Oh. Not it for, like, a month, have, maybe. It may have just been... It may have always been planned hmm. to be a limited time secret. But it was so hidden um, away and obscure that, like, it would have had yeah. to be a secret. And also, the fact that it was removed after people started talking about it makes it a bit more suspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's stinky. Just, it's lame. Just let people buy your games for 20 bucks. Just let people have fun with your games who can't afford to pay $60 for a game or who can't afford to buy a Nintendo Switch and who are still, bless their hearts, playing their Wii U. Yeah, yeah. Bless their poor little hearts. Hey, speaking of Nintendo. <laughs> yeah? You know what I think is great? What's great? Animal Crossing New Horizons that is, is great. the second highest selling <laughs> game of all time in Japan. It's insane. It's because of these scummy practices. It's, they're making you <laughs> buy Animal Crossing. The hang scummy on, practice of marketing their game? Yeah, <laughs> we can fit this in. They're, the, they're somehow, they're the same story. How? Um, well, come back to me. 
Animal Crossing New Horizons originally came out on the SNES, but yep, they destroyed yep. every cartridge yep. and and pretended they didn't do it until it came out on Switch, and they acted like it was a new game, but we knew. We knew. We knew. <laughs> we knew. Uh, I think it's no, insane that aside, this, though. this game beat out Super Mario Bros., um, yeah. and the only thing that is higher than it is the original Pokemon games. That's yeah. outrageous to me. Well, I mean, it came out during Core, you know? That's what we call it on Twitter, Core. Is that is, is that what we call, we call it? I don't call it that on Twitter. No, I think it's horrible. Don't call it Core. I'm going to start but, calling it I mean, Core it came now. Out during, it came out during quarantine. Like, it, it came out at the perfect time. Not only did it come out during quarantine, it came out, like, right when quarantine started. Yeah, it came out yeah. at literally the perfect time. Uh-huh. If it had come out at any other time, I think it still would have done incredibly well, but I have no doubts that it wouldn't have done nearly as well. It became a cultural phenomenon, yeah. Which is the reason that Pokemon is number one on that list. It's because of becoming a cultural phenomenon, yeah. And I don't think I've seen evidence that Animal Crossing will have the cultural staying power that Pokemon did. Not even close. Oh, I don't know about that. But Animal Crossing is doing, a big deal now. It's doing pretty yeah. damn good, and there's a good chance that I might be proven very. I wrong think you might already so be wrong. There's celebrity talk shows on Animal Crossing. Selena now. Gomez was playing Animal Crossing and sung an exclusive song on Animal Crossing, right? Like, <laughs> wait, I make on fun of Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make fun of Fortnite a lot for this stuff. But is this going to start happening at Animal Crossing too? I always thought that was a cool thing that Fortnite did. So the people people doing this on their own in Animal Crossing is extra neat. I feel yeah. like, yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't have cultural relevancy. It absolutely does. It has immense cultural significance. I just mean, like, Pokemon, for more than two decades, has been the most popular media franchise that continues to appeal to people regardless of age, time, circumstance. Here's the thing everyone forgets Animal about Crossing, Pokemon. Will it? Will that happen with Animal Crossing? Yeah, here's the thing everyone forgets about Pokemon, is that at one point, Pokemon was the biggest thing in the world for, like, less mm-hmm. than a yep. year. Now it's just a big thing in the world. I think something yeah. similar is happening with Animal Crossing. Just because it's not the biggest thing, end quote, in a couple of years doesn't mean that it, it's just lost all its staying power, you know? Yeah, and like... That's true. Heck, there is a difference between when we were kids, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure it was the same, where your parents would just buy you Pokemon stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. And your parents... I loved Pokemon, Pokemon as a kid, liked. yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, you know, we know... Still do. ...all about the new games that come out because we keep up with that stuff but it definitely doesn't have the same in america cultural significance that it used to Mm -hmm. i think now it's a mom during christmas going oh crap i need to buy my kid something i'm at gamestop here's pokemon i mean pokemon was also kind of a perfect storm it came out on a console that had been its price had been reduced because it was on its last legs it was on its way out the game boy the game boy was no longer game boy was like what like almost like eight years old at that time or something it launched in like 89 i want to say and like pokemon came out and i'm not doing the math right but like 96 95 maybe like that was a that was a long time span so by this time it was really accessible yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but it doesn't surprise me at all that animal crossing is up there next to it especially right now um because it's just yeah. become such a huge cultural mainstay that I being said though we are pretty much out of time wait real quick though can we talk about, speaking of games with staying power, we have to be rapid fire about rapid it. Rapid fire. But we did not yet talk about the best games of the year 2005. Rapid fire, don't give me your reasons. Just tell me what you like. 
Can we give short reasons? Fast. Okay. Alex, what is the best game of 2005? I kind of forgot we were doing this. I didn't bother to look it up until just now. Look it up. Look it up while Nolan talks about his. Yeah, I can talk about mine. Talk. Is it Metal Gear Solid 3? It's not. Wasn't that last it's year? Metal Gear Solid 3, Janelle. Oh, it's Resident Evil 4. Janelle. Oh, that's a good know? one. Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence is a late re-release of MGS3 that added I, a new camera system and I several updated okay. gameplay I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm just messing with you. Actually, you're completely right. It is Resident Evil 4. It's the best game of 2005. I don't really think I can say anything about that game that hasn't already been said, except that you should play it in 2020. It still holds up, listener, and it's really, really damn fun. Um, I'm hoping that I get Nolan with this gotcha because he's forgetting the actual best game of that year, which is Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Too late. Shadow of the Colossus is a better as a piece of art. Resident Evil 4 is more fun to play. Interesting. That's okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, that's yours. I said it. Oh, that's yours too. Okay. Sheesh. How about you, Alex? This might be a weird choice, but I think this is the first one that comes to mind is uh, Chibi Robo, the first video, the first one. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I really like oh, that yeah. game. That game is really good, and I, it's always makes me sad. Apparently, the company that uh, developed it, I can't remember the name all of a sudden, Skip, Skip Limited, uh, probably went out of business, which makes me oh. extra sad because they were in charge of that game. Um, so we may never get another one or a revival like it again. Um, but I really, really like Chibi Robo. I think it's a, a weird, interesting game, which is very up my alley because we just talked about how I like weird games. So, yeah, that's my pick. Hell yeah, that's a good pick. That was an okay year for video games. That's hey, Child of the Colossus, possibly one of the best games. Yeah, but while looking through the list, I almost went. None of these are that good. <laughs> None of these are like that stand out to me. You see, I saw that Resident Evil Four that's... on top of the list, and I thought, boom, you thought got easy. it right away. Well, listeners, sorry we've been gone for so long. Um, there was a, an apartment move and no internet for a couple weeks. Yep. So thank you for your patience. I said I would refer back to something I started talking about at the beginning, and I won't because we don't have time. <laughs> I always wonder what I was going to say. Sorry. Just going to have to deal with it. Maybe. I love showing contempt for our on, audience. Maybe you can bring it up on episode 36. Maybe. Which will be the first, the first episode, episode since episode, since episode 24, where oh. the second number is double Stop the first number. Stop doing that! <laughs> Cut it out! <laughs> I've been Nolan. That's the Emerald Gamescast. You can email us at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com or tweet us at ODE Gamescast. If you want to tell us why the Spyro sequels weren't as good as the original, and with me has been... Um, the number one fan of 1995's Garfield caught in the act on Sega Genesis, the Game <laughs> Gear, the IBM personal computer, and Microsoft Windows. Janelle. A true multi-platform masterpiece. It's true. Along with? Uh, Alex, the biggest fan of Heathcliff the Fast and Furious on uh, the Nintendo Wii. Is that just like a different Garfield? Game? No, it's Heathcliff. Is he Cliff Bars? Is he talking about Cliff Bars? He's, I'm talking about Heathcliff. Heathcliff. He's a different cartoon cat. A different cartoon cat. Yes, there what? are those. Yeah, no. do you, Janelle, you really don't know about Heathcliff? I know about Heathcliff. No, man. All right, listeners. Well, thanks for listening. Come here as talk about Heathcliff on episode 36. <laughs> See you next week. And the Cadillac cats? He looks just like Garfield.